Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries on Monday, November 14th. And we are glad you are with us, as always. Glad you're listening on our various outlets, WMOX and WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH in Chesapeake, Virginia, and WTRJ here locally in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkston, Georgia. You can listen on uh, the SWAT Radio app. If you don't have it, you can get that on the at the App Store. And uh, me just saying the words App Store, Doug, is a, is a technological aberration. But anyway, you can also listen on SWATradio.com uh, as well, and you can hear past programs at SWATradio.com. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and also at SWATradio.com uh, you can get information on the uh, where and when aspects of our weekly SWAT Bible studies that Doug leads here in the Jacksonville area. And Doug, you were away last week doing something you love to do, I know, and yeah. uh, welcome back. Well, I was uh, up in North Georgia uh, with uh, a friend and uh, actually hanging around guys that uh, serve our country and do uh, serve their community. Uh, in the law enforcement and military, and it's always good to be around those kind of guys. And, uh, uh, it, it, I mean, there it was just – and plus you get to uh, blow off a little stress, I <laughs> say, while you're shooting up there. Uh, best shooting school in the world, mm. uh, really best reactive shooting school in the world, unbelievable training. Bill Rogers is a legend. He is uh, – his shooting – philosophy is uh, really every police department in the country i mean you know here's the thing if the u.s seals the navy seals trust this guy yeah to train their guys then you, you ought to be getting him to be training yeah. your people uh, and, and i know you probably won't mention it but you got an adv- now you're gonna have to describe it and explain it but you got an advanced certification correct uh yeah it's something that's yeah, I I've really wanted for a while just because it's it's it, one of the things that uh, Bill teaches is reactive shooting, training your subconscious. You know, most of us don't realize every day how much we direct our subconscious to do things that we don't even realize we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, in the Marine Corps, I learned this through being a pilot. They train you. To do, uh, you know, uh, different procedures in the cockpit whenever you have a fire, you have an engine fire, you have an oil, you know, whatever. You, you go through all these procedures over and over, like hundreds and hundreds of times you go through it in your mind because what you're doing is training your subconscious. Uh, it's kind of like I, I use this analogy a lot. When, when you learn to drive mm. a uh, stick shift. Remember that first time you ever learned to drop? Well, for you young people out there who, if you're under 35, you're listening to this on a podcast, you probably don't know what this is, but they're actually used to have a clutch in a car. Right. You'd have to push in the clutch and, and it was a right amount of gas and a right release of the cr- clutch pressure to allow the car to be able to go. And then you'd have to push in the clutch, change the gear and do it. Now, 
everything's almost automatic mm-hmm. transmission. Mm-hmm. So, but when you did that, remember those first couple of times you're doing that? Well, after a while, you don't even have to think about right. it. Your right. subconscious does it. Or another example, David, is when uh, you're, um, you drive home. Uh, let's say you and me get in a disagreement or you have a disagreement at work or a disagreement with Kelly, which I know never happens. Never. Uh, uh, if, if you have something like that, that really bothers you and you're driving home and all you're thinking about is that on the way home, you get home and you go, I don't even remember driving, driving here, but your brain subconsciously made all the navigational turns. Right. It made the stops, the goes. And so that's what uh bill rogers trains people to do he trains you in shooting to learn how to shoot reactively and he teaches law enforcement and military guys and has been doing it for 40 years he really is a national asset he is um he 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 not only is great in the shooting training but he's a genius he's invented uh, security holsters that have probably saved a lot of lives because you know back in the day they never used to have straps over the gun they just had a gun and a holster mm-hmm. but he's uh, designed um, retention holsters that has completely transformed police departments around the world mm. that have saved lives and so between his training and that he he really is a national asset to law enforcement and the military the top tier guys and it was just a, a great uh, opportunity to go up there and to be a believer you know they call me the preacher up there so it's just kind of great to be up there as the preacher but to be a light for jesus yeah. in that environment because you know um, a lot of people don't realize it in the military and in law enforcement there's like a 75 percent divorce rate it is a very tough life on mm. families and you know i was i was just reading today uh david that um, there's new research that shows married couples have greater financial wealth than couples that just cohabitate and there's no commitment there. Go figure. Hmm. The sociologists are going, we don't understand this. We can't figure this out. Well, uh, maybe it might be because uh, the way God designed us is to function within a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. with a man and a woman uh, to be married. Now, listen, married couples have problems. We all work through them. But uh, we see more cohabitation today in our culture than we've ever seen. And it's just kind of accepted. Right. And that's not the way God designed it. It's kind of like taking a train off of a track and – letting it go wherever it wants it can't it, it won't work it has to run on the track that god created it on and that's you know he did that but this particular writer wrote uh said a walk down the aisle can be a route to greater wealth and prosperity for couples in the u.s since married people have higher net worth and are more likely to be homeowners than their unmarried counterparts and she says the mystery, though, is why cohabitating um, but unmarried couples struggle to build wealth the same way. Well, uh, could be possibly they don't feel unified. Right. They There's no long-term commitment yep. to, to anything. Yep. Well, and there's certainly tax tax advantages, right, to being mm-hmm. married. That's part of it. And uh, just from a purely fiscal standpoint. 
But you're right. I think, you know, if you're cohabitating, there's a greater chance that you're going to have your own money, right, as opposed to your joint money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well, listen, she said this is 2019. So just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, the median net worth for cohabitating couples, 25 to 34, which is where a large part of them are, $17,000. What do you think the same time period the the net worth of a married couple was take a guess seventeen thousand for twenty three thousand sixty eight thousand dollars that much more uh, four times wow it's it's crazy and uh, and singles seven thousand same age group mm. so guys you might want to be looking for a good godly woman out there to attach your wagon to thank God for good women they keep us out of trouble don't they. <laughs> That's a that's a whole program by itself, right? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> but I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, I mean, when you when you think about those numbers, seven thousand for a single between twenty five and thirty four, seventeen for cohabitating but unmarried, and sixty eight thousand for a, married. I was way off. Obviously, that's a huge difference. Yeah, uh, it's just it, it's just something that. At least from a pragmatic standpoint, yeah. not even from a spiritual, just a pragmatic standpoint, you ought to look at and go, well, it seems like it would be better if you do this, right? Um, but, um, you know, there was one other story that caught my interest that, that uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but a, uh, a princess from Norway um, basically gave up her royal duties to marry um, this, apparently he was a celebrity shaman <laughs> you know what a celebrity shaman is uh well a shame is a shaman is some kind of mystic or something right yeah yeah uh but, but I've, I've missed that reality series on he's uh, a new age guru on netflix celebrity shamans yeah he's a new age guru yeah uh but anyway uh the 51 year old daughter of king harold and queen Sonia of norway got engaged in june to a guy named Derek Verrett. He's an American celebrity new age guru, and he invented the Spirit Optimizer, which is a healing amulet that he sells on his website for $222. If you get that healing amulet, you too can be under his spell because <laughs> that's what it is. It's just demonic. You know, it's interesting. This week at SWAT, we're going to be talking about Ephesus, and Ephesus was known for its magic. Yeah. And and the, the in fact they burned those books yeah. there uh, after getting a rebuke <laughs> yep. from Paul. Yeah. But um, well, it reminds me of just a short time ago in Acts, right? Is it seventeen or sixteen where we were talking about the slave girl with the fortune teller and Paul converts her and the guy loses his source of income. Elemis, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a bad deal. Yeah, and, and that, they and they that's where they beat him. Remember, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And that kind of reminds me of that that this guy's selling these kind of things and and you know what people must be buying them yeah (laughs) (laughs) or else they wouldn't be out there but well there's lots of charlatans out there and that's why as believers we we have to speak the truth we not only live under the authority of god's word but like our pastor said yesterday it has to go through us brad says that all the time yeah has to go through us we're going to take our first break here on swat radio glad you're with us as always david gray and doug mccary Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have any questions or comments. 
And we are going to be back, and this week we're going to be finishing up Chapter 18 of Acts. Stay with us. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right, but it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time, cause I'm just a no- Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, happy to be with you, and like I always say, Doug, I sometimes hate to cut off, cut off the music, but... Uh, Anyway, during the break, we I didn't mention this at the top, but during the break we were talking about, um, and Doug was reading me the last update about uh, Brad and, and his grandson, and uh, sounds like Brad's grandson, we've been praying for him and uh, giving you updates, uh, but he's doing better, it sounds like, than the last update we had at the end of last week, and so uh, we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for Brad and his family, and especially for his grandson who's had some major heart and lung procedures surgeries done and uh he is recovering but uh so far so good and and god's in control whatever happens yeah and and uh pray for brad he's still battling a upper respiratory virus been battling that thing for about three weeks so uh you know just continue to pray for that family it looks like he's still going to be out for another week or two um so but that means you're here. And, uh, yeah, we always have fun. Yeah, we always have fun <laughs> in here. Well, hey, I want to go back to this one thing on this shaman because it's just really, you know, uh, Dr. Moeller always find, digs up stuff like this. I thought it was funny. <clears throat> anyway, the scientists over in Norway um, were commissioned by the government uh, to, uh, or a newspaper actually, uh, to examine the amulets to see what was in them. And uh, it was mainly plastic with one dye uh, and separating the light bringer and the ancient truth amulets is what they said. That's what their report was. And the church got involved saying that, listen, it's okay to talk to angels, but you can't talk to dead people, you know, and like he does that. And so Moeller said that the, the, the Disney may even make a movie called the princess and the shaman 
Yeah. <laughs> they come up with something. But then yeah. he goes, well, no, they, they won't do it because there's not a trans in there. Yeah. they, they got to have a trans character. Yeah. It's uh, what has happened to Disney. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we digress, but we need to get on to uh, Acts chapter uh, 18 and finish up. <laughs> y'all, y'all did a great job last week of getting into um, what what was going on with Paul at Corinth and how, you know, God allowed Paul to go through these attacks even after he said, hey, I've got many in this city, you know, but he allowed Paul to go through an initial attack. Have you had that happen in your life where you feel like you're doing the right thing and initially it fears like this is a really bad thing and then God ends up coming in and intervening somehow? Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, despite the fact that, yeah, you said we were able to do a good job covering it, despite the fact that we had a somewhat belligerent caller <laughs> – Named Tom, he's never going to let us who, forget who that. called in to uh, disagree. Mm-hmm. If for those of you who didn't hear, uh, turned out to be our, our faithful host here, Doug, uh, yeah. calling Taylor and I to ask actually a legitimate question, <laughs> but in a kind of a fun way. So yeah. anyway, but to back to your question, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I've had experiences in life where I thought I was doing the right thing, and and it seemed like it would be what God would want, and it wasn't going so well, but through perseverance, not necessarily mine, but the spirits, you know, it, it, it turned out okay. But if you go back and you think about all the Old Testament times where things look really bad for, let's just call God's servants the good guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, whether it was Joseph, yeah. whether it was Daniel, whether it was uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better uh-huh. known as Shadrach, me. Right. You know, I still never figured out why those three keep their you know, their names that were given by Nebuchadnezzar, but Daniel keeps his Hebrew name. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe because he wrote it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe. He gets called by his Babylonian name a few some, times some. in the book, yeah, right? But, yeah, but most of the time he's Daniel. Right, right. But, but you think about him, you think about uh, Mordecai and Haman. Right. You think about uh, Hezekiah and, and Chronicles, or, or I mean, sorry, sorry Second Kings, where uh, uh, I think it's Sennacherib, um, the the king of Assyria comes in and just taunts yeah. uh, Hezekiah. He taunts him, and it looks really bad. And God wipes out one hundred eighty five thousand yeah. with one angel. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you, you just read those stories, and those are there to show us that God's in control, and. And he intervenes in this case with Paul, where these people are trying to get Paul drummed up on charges through Gallio, who's the guy who is uh, Seneca's brother. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Seneca was a Seneca mentored Nero, so this was no small potato guy. Right, and then um, you know, then he basically uh, sent Paul back. He came back to uh, uh, Antioch, but he went via Jerusalem. And we're going to look at that today in, in 1822 through 28. Um, but the the main theme of what we looked at last week was the unstoppableness of the gospel. And, and one thing I'll say, because David and I were talking before we started, that regardless of any election result, God's gospel is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I don't care how they try to ban it. Uh, when Every time... You see martyrs, you see persecution. It it fertilizes the gospel, yeah. and it and it grows 
exponentially under persecution. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, when you mentioned that about Gallio and, and that tribunal that Paul got uh, brought in front of, you can almost picture the smugness of the Jews. Oh, yeah. And doesn't that ring a bell with what's happening today? The, the smugness and the arrogance that the opponents of the gospel sometimes have, not sometimes, a lot of times have, and that same smugness, the Richard Cooper always says there's nothing new under the sun, right? I think he yeah. said that yesterday from Ecclesiastes. The, the smugness of the Jews bringing Paul in front of Gallio comes across in the pages of the scriptures. Yeah, and I, I want to comment to something, too, because, you know, when, when you see the term the Jews attack Paul, it's talking about the unbelieving yes. Jews. yes. People who are not really Jews at all. They're Jews by birth, but they're not Jews according to Judeo-Christian belief, faith. Right. You see, Abraham, if Abraham was alive during this time, he would be a Christian. Yep. If David was alive, he'd be a Christian. If Samuel was alive, he'd be a Christian. Just like Jesus said to those unbelieving Jews, if Abraham was your father, you'd believe in me. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the whole point. Is yeah. So when you see Luke writing this, because sometimes people can um, write off all the Jews. No, this is, this is he's speaking about the Jewish leaders who rejected Jesus and reject the gospel. They reject a resurrection. They reject a, a suffering Savior here. And so he's referring to them because Paul was a Jew, right? right. And and so those are the people trying to bring these charges. And so Paul goes back. And what we're going to see in this text this week, we're going to look at verses 22 all the way to 28. It's not a big passage. In fact, I'm probably going to have it read every day. But today... We're going to look at this one aspect that that there's gaps in the gospel when people hear it. Now, in our culture, there's lots of gaps. But when the gospel goes from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria uh, and out to the ends of the earth, you start to see gaps. It's like, you remember the, the old telephone game? Yeah, I was just so, thinking that. Yeah, one person would tell somebody something, then they tell somebody else. Well, if you get 10 people down the line, it, it may change a little bit, the story. Well, what happens is some people got part of the story. John the Baptist was preaching a repentance toward God for God's people, looking forward to Messiah from the front end, not knowing about the crucifixion, mm -hmm. not knowing about the death and suffering. Um, and so when they heard that, these people like Apollos and the 12 we're going to read about uh, next week, those people knew, they, they knew, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, but they didn't understand what that really meant. Uh, even the disciples were wrestling with that because they, you know, they were wrestling with that, uh, that fact that doesn't it mean that we're, you know, they're arguing about after Jesus died, well, I'm going to be in charge or I'm going to be in charge. Who's going to be the greatest? And so the gaps in these followers needs to be filled in. And God used Paul to fill in the gaps of Aquila and Priscilla. And he used um, Aquila and Priscilla to fill in the gaps for Apollos. We're going to 
read this today, but this is why Paul's third journey is so important. He is getting ready to start his third missionary journey. His first journey was all about suffering. His second journey, all about discipleship. This third journey is not really a journey at all. He spends all of his time in three years in Ephesus. In Ephesus, do you realize Ephesus was one of the greatest cities of that time? I mean, it ranks up there with Rome and Corinth and uh, Ephesus and Alexandria. Those those were big, the big cities. Mm. And so it'd be like L.A., Chicago, and, and New York, right? And so um, he goes to this one city for three years. His ministry's winding down, and, and we see new people coming into the kingdom that have gaps that need people to come alongside. And the takeaway for us this week is we are gap fillers. Hmm. There are people sitting in churches across this country who have pieces of the puzzle about Jesus, and they believe they're Christians because they have pieces of the puzzle, but they don't have the complete picture. Yep. And, you know, we're going to see next week uh, and this week at the SWAP meetings that there were 12 guys that were called disciples, but they weren't they weren't believers yet. They weren't believers because they didn't have the whole picture. And you know what? Go, you, you are not a believer uh, just because you want to live a holy life. You're not a believer because you say, you know, I'm going to go to the temple or I'm going to go to the church or I'm going to go to wherever to worship or I give money. Those things don't make you believers. Mm-hmm. What makes you a believer is to have faith in Jesus Christ, in his death, his burial, resurrection, and that he's alive today and he is your Lord and Savior. And these men next week, they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And Apollos only knew about Jesus before the cross. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to have you read the text, and we're going to look at what it means to submit to the authority of his word and his leaders, even if you're the Apostle Paul. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. And when we come back, as Doug said, we will read that text and get into some more discussion. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. Uh, you can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com if you would prefer to do that. And we will be back after the break. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary of His Light Ministries uh, coming to you on, on SWAT Radio. Glad you're with us. 
Sorry, my headsets are kind of going in and out, and that always throws me off a little bit when I can't you're hear. You're doing fine. Can't man. hear my wonderful voice. Yeah, you're doing great. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment as we get into Acts chapter 18, verses 22 to 28, which ends chapter 18. And we are talking about the way God uh, filled in the gaps here in the in the story in Acts with uh, Paul and Aquila and Priscilla, and then using Aquila and Priscilla to fill in gaps for Apollos, and that God calls us to do the same today with with people that have pieces of the gospel picture, but not all of it. Hey, uh, well, we're going to look at this first idea. There's basically three um, three principles we want to see in the text 22 through 28. First, that God calls us to submit to the authority of his word and his leaders. Second, that he calls us to shepherd the accuracy of his witnesses. In other words, if we're around somebody and they are telling something about Jesus that is inaccurate, whether through omission of things or whether it's just wrong in the way Mm. they state it, we can't be afraid to address that. In fact, we have a responsibility to shepherd them. Notice the word shepherd them through it help them through it, not just tell them, hey, you're wrong. Yeah. And then third, God calls us to support the advancement of his work. And this is an area that we constantly need to be encouraging other people and ourselves in to encourage the advancement of his work. Everything, David, if you remember at the beginning of the program, I said even when I'm up there at the shooting school learning how to be a, an instructor and do these things, that even there, I'm advancing the work of the kingdom. Mm. I'm not up there to learn how to shoot. I mean, I am, but I'm also up there to be a witness, a kingdom priest in that world. And, and there's very few in that world, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, it's and a so, good example of you not, you, you know, we're not to compartmentalize yes. our lives and be one way in one situation and another way in another. And I, I've been guilty of that. It's, it's hard not to do that sometimes, but we need to encourage each other not to compartmentalize, to be the same person, to be the same follower of Christ in any situation that we're in. Well, and I believe because of COVID and the whole thing that happened over the last couple of years in COVID, that a lot of us have compartmentalized our faith um, and, and, and we just need to be more vocal. We mm-hmm. need to be people that will put God on display in the world around us, not just by doing acts of love and acts of kindness, those things too, but also verbally not being ashamed to talk about right. our Lord and Savior, to talk about Jesus. In the same way I talk about my friendship with you, I talk about him because he's been, you know, I told a couple of guys up there, I was just having dinner and I was telling him about how God had provided some cool things. And I said, you know, I just love bragging on God. He's so good. He is such a good father. And even statements like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even if those statements are met with rejection or like deer in headlight looks, right? That that's not on you. Right. You, you know, you, you one of the things that uh, we should be doing as believers is – as, as we walk with God and we watch God take us through the trials like we talked about last week with Paul, why do you think Paul constantly is telling how God has delivered him 
from the lion's mouth. He writes that. Mm-hmm. You know, he writes that to encourage believers. And so we we are to be an encouragement that he will provide. But I want you to read verses 22 through 28. I want to come back and look at this first idea of God calling us to submit to the authority of his word and his leaders. And I want to look at 22 and 23 specifically today. Okay. But we want to read the whole text, yes. right? Okay, Acts chapter 18, verses 22 to 28. When he had landed at Caesarea, he meaning Paul, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. Mm -hmm. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Jesus, that the Christ was Jesus. Hmm. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, you know, when you look at the text here, you you are able to glean some things from it if you're observing the words in the text. Like it says, he landed at Caesarea. Remember, Caesarea Maritime was Herod's big accomplishment of a port, a seaport. There was it, it was rivaled only by Alexandria. Maybe maybe it was as big as Alexandria, but it was a big seaport, and that's where Paul's ship from Ephesus. Remember, he left Ephesus. He said, "Hey, if it's God's will, I'll come back." He he goes to Caesarea, and then notice what the text says. You, by the way, you've been at Caesarea. Yeah, you've seen that seaport. It's huge. And he goes. He went up, and he greeted the church. Now that's significant because if he landed at Caesarea and he went to Antioch, he wouldn't go up. So when he went up, it, it implies he went to Jerusalem. Yep. And and Jerusalem was where the mother church was. Yeah. And it was where the apostles were. I mean, that's where they yeah. were at this point. And so he went to the mother church uh, to go debrief and to tell them what was going on. Why? Because Paul, even though he had direct revelation from Jesus, a direct commission from Jesus, he still allowed himself to be under the authority of the church. Paul mm-hmm. was an itinerant missionary preacher. right? And he goes up. And he submits himself to the church. You know, Dave, that's one thing. I've been in ministry now 27 years as an itinerant. But I've always felt compelled to be part of a local church, to be commissioned by a local church and sent out by a Mm -hmm. local church under the authority and and oversight of the local church Mm -hmm. wherever I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, something that, we struggle to see a lot in our country today because you have a lot of ministries out in the world that are parachurch, which have quite frankly sprang up because the churches aren't doing what they should be doing. And these ministries sometimes 
they're accountable to their own board, but not under the authority of a church. Right. And that that is something you see here in Paul. He puts himself under the authority of the church. He checks in with them and reports to them. And it says he spent some time there. It doesn't say how much time, but he spent some time there. And then he goes back out on his third missionary journey, mm-hmm. which is really probably one of his most significant journeys uh, because he spends so much time in Ephesus, three years there, and he really makes a difference. And it's interesting, we're going to see this next week, that there's 12 disciples there waiting for Paul. He doesn't even know we're there yet. Yeah, yeah. And who else had, wait, wasn't there another guy that had 12 (laughs) disciples? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it does. So he wants to be like his rabbi. But it says that on his way back, he went through the region of Galatia, Phrygia. You remember where else he would have gone? Lystra, Derby, mm-hmm. but where where he was stoned. Yes. Yeah. And it says he strengthened all the disciples. Now, think about Galatia alone. Going through Galatia, I mean, Galatia was where they were having heresy. Mm-hmm. They were saying you got to work your way in, and he addresses that. I mean, think about you when, foolish Galatians. Yeah, he goes back. He goes, listen, even if I come back and I preach a different gospel, yeah. then then let me be accursed. You know, that, that, that Galatians 1, Galatians is such a powerful book. Galatians chapter 3, you know, is it just you received the spirit, you know, by grace, and now you're going to work your way into mm-hmm. maturity? No. Right. We're, we are sanctified yeah. by grace in the same way we're saved by grace i think at some point he says did you receive the spirit by by because of what you did or by believing what you heard yeah <laughs> i yeah. paraphrase there a little bit but and um and you know just just very quickly doug to go back for a second and this is not theologically significant perhaps but you mentioned about going up to jerusalem and us being there and being at caesarea you know we tend to use up and down, right, when we speak, to, to signify north and north, south. south. They didn't speak right, that way. Right. When I say I'm going to go to Massachusetts, I say I'm going up to Boston. If I'm up there and I'm coming home, I say I'm going down to Florida. Mm-hmm. But but Caesarea is north of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And yet they say we're going up to Jerusalem because of, right, the change in elevation and the, mm-hmm. and the fact that Jerusalem is in that mountainous region. And then also you mentioned encouragement earlier, Um and Paul was submitting to the authorities, uh, to the church and to the leaders there in Jerusalem. But think about how encouraging it must have been, too, for him to be there with those guys. Mm-hmm. And you know they must have encouraged him and been glad to hear, glad to see that he was safe mm-hmm. and hear from him and hear about all the things that happened on on that missionary journey. And uh, that must have been really encouraging to him. Yeah, and, and then he goes to Antioch and shares with them. Right. He he places himself, even though there may not have been direct oversight by Antioch, he, he still went back there probably to report what was going on. And, um, you know, then it says after he spent some time there, he went out on this third journey. And, uh and and when you stop and think about it, Brad, uh, not Brad, uh, David, sorry, sorry, uh, that's okay. I've been uh, called worse. Uh, there, there's about fifteen hundred miles covered in verses twenty two and twenty three. Mm-hmm. 
And Luke just, yeah, bleeds right. I mean, see, we forget about <laughs> stuff like that. We, we talked we, about this. We, we read that and we go, oh, he just went. Then he went through Galatia and Phrygia yeah. and strengthened all the disciples. 1,500 yeah, miles. that's a long way. Yeah. That is a long Think way. about how far it is to drive that distance. Oh, forget oh. about the way they travel. Right? Yeah, that's like to West Texas yeah, from here. Incredible. We're going to take our last break of the day uh, here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Doug McCary are with you looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 22 to 28. And we're going to be back for our last segment right after the break. Hope you'll join us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you are with us, David Gray and Doug McCary, for our last segment here on a Monday edition of SWAT Radio. And we are looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 22 to 28. And Doug, uh, as great as the lead-in music always is, you were mentioning in the previous break, one sure sign of the Christmas season is that the SWAT radio music will change to Christmas music tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, <laughs> we're going to start having some. Yeah, well, you know, Abby, our daughter, Abby, by the way, Abby's birthday was uh, last week while I was out of town. So we celebrated over the weekend. And that sweet girl wore her birthday sash all week and her birthday tiara. I saw her and, yesterday. And she was adorable. She's she on, was. She's on the Ponte Vedra Press. Uh, like uh, a website, they put a picture of her on there. She was out there doing the cakewalk thing. She uh, was adorable yeah, yesterday. She, yeah. Abby is so sweet. And so she turned 17. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great to come celebrate with her. You know, um, Dave, we were talking about how Paul went this 1,500 miles. But Paul had already been into Phrygia, Lystra, Derby. And uh, these places, Iconium, Pisidian, Antioch, he had gone to these places doing pioneer evangelism. But now he's going back in the word there. It says he strengthened all the disciples. And that word strengthen is um, from it's basically from the Greek word uh, sterizo, 
but but it means to fix firmly mm. to cause someone to become stronger in a sense of being more firm or solid in their belief or attitude and paul felt it was important to go back and i just want to say that if if you're out there and you have people that you've shared with there there is a uh, a responsibility to follow up with those people you know i i, I uh, actually was talking to a guy that I met up at the Rogers school a couple of years ago. And I have stayed in touch with him. Uh, God allowed me to give him a Bible and to encourage him in that. And we have stayed in touch now uh, over the last couple of years. And I follow up. How you doing? How you doing on the word? Are you staying in the word? How you doing with your family? Um, trying to do this sterizo, this mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. strengthen him because we all need that. We all need encouragement. You know, we're not to be islands out oh, yeah. there. And so many guys, I was talking to another guy this week, uh, who, <clears throat> who just said, you know, I know I need to be more involved. I need to be there, but you know, I've just been too busy. We get too busy to be together and what happens is it's like that scene from Gladiator. You remember uh, that the, the movie The Gladiator mm-hmm. when they're in the Roman yeah. Colosseum? Yep. Uh, Maximus, the general, says we do better if we stick together. Yeah. And there's a few guys that don't get into the middle and stay together and lock arms. Those guys get picked off yeah. one by one. Yep. And that's exactly – remember last week y'all were talking about how Satan wants to come in – and pick you off. Yeah. He wants to attack. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And so we have an opportunity to strengthen those. And we, if we're weak, if we're just growing, we may need to be strengthened yeah. Yeah. by people. Yeah. And I know this from my own life. There have been times in my life where being involved, whether it was in a study or in service or even just going to church, was not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so when I did it, it felt strange. Yeah. But then I got to the point where, and this is so solely by God's grace, that I am involved and I am going, whether it's SWAT or other studies, and when I don't go, something's off mm. and I miss it. And we want to get to the latter, I think, right, where where it's the it's the exception when we don't go. It's the exception when we're not involved so that, it bothers us and it feels strange and it's very, very easy. And again, I say this from personal experience. It's very easy to slip back into the former, which is letting it. And I think COVID did that. COVID did that a lot. It became very easy to sit on the couch and say, Oh, we're just going to tune in online to church today. And, and then it became easy to say, ah, it, just to miss it all together. And, and that was a, you know, I, I think a lot of people, including me, needed to recover from that. Yeah, it, it, you're you're exactly right. And the that word strengthen, that sterizo word, is in the present active tense. So Paul is actively seeking out and, and strengthening people. And as believers, a lot of times we think, oh, well, I'm supposed to share the gospel with somebody. But we also have a responsibility if we find a believer or if we share with somebody 
to not just say one and done. Mm. Uh, it's not a one and done thing. Yeah, I think Richard said that yesterday in the message. He was talking about a the the gospel is not a one and done. Yeah. You don't you don't just raise your hand, walk an aisle, get baptized. Paul had this moral responsibility, the spiritual responsibility, to this divine responsibility to go back and strengthen these believers. And man, look at what he did with Galatians. I mean, do you know how many times I've read through Galatians and been strengthened by what Paul said? Mm-hmm. Strengthened to be bold when somebody's proclaiming a gospel different from the gospel of right. the Bible? Right. I mean, because he wrote that. Yeah. He put that down. But that came, what he wrote came out of what he had done with them, and he was reminding them mm-hmm. of these things. Yep, yep, yep. And remind, and again, he uses the words, how quickly you have departed mm-hmm. from the gospel that I preached to you or that you heard, right? Yes. How quickly it can happen. And, and man, it can happen quickly. Um, the other thought that I had uh, about this first point about Paul God calls us to submit to the authority of his word and to his leaders in the church. You know, Paul ultimately was submitting to the leader, right, of the church and and his word in, in Jesus in that, and, you know, common, we all know it, the Great Commission when Jesus said, make disciples and teach them to observe all that I have commanded. So Paul certainly, not only was he submitting to the human leaders of the church, right, God's leaders in Jerusalem, but by going out and strengthening the disciples, he's he's uh, submitting to Jesus and and as the leader of the church. Well, and you bring up a good point, David. I mean, yeah, as I'm thinking about the uh, the submission, you know, when we go to church on Sunday uh, to be with other believers, that's what church is. Church is not a building; it's when we get mm-hmm. around other believers yep. to hear the word by the shepherd, the person who's shepherding. They're under shepherds underneath the chief shepherd who's mm-hmm. Jesus. So when your pastor is explaining the Bible, if he's explaining it in context and he believes in the inerrancy and the authority of God's word, then you should be not listening to it coming from a man. Yeah, It should be God is doing this. God is speaking to me. That's what we go to hear, not to be entertained, not to have... Uh, our, 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 you know, just our uh, a good story or something funny. We want to know what God's word said throughout Scripture. That's how God communicated with His people through the prophets in His word. Yeah, and Richard made a great point yesterday. He's getting quoted more today than he has in uh, a long time on yeah. SWAT Radio. Yeah. But he made a, it was a great message and. He made, and I might not get this exactly right, but he made the point something along the lines of it's not my job to make the message not boring or something like that. In other words, he was trying to say how many, and he wasn't just saying this about himself. He's saying this in general. How many times have we all been guilty of going in and making a comment like, oh, well, that, that pass, that pastor wasn't that great or that message wasn't that great or, you know, and not taking the attitude that you're talking about that am I going in thinking, I'm I'm hearing from God. That's like you said, assuming that the pastor believes in teaching the Bible and the inerrancy of the Scripture and that it's God's Word, and are we going in with that attitude of expectation and anticipation to hear from God? Or are we going in, oh, it's just another rote Sunday? And, and again, I'm not calling anybody out on this except for myself because I've done that. Well, you know, uh, 
I was reading this this week. Uh, I'm reading in Chronicles as part of my devotional, which is Chronicles is a <laughs> it's a challenging book to read, through, especially the first part because it's the sons of it's all the descendants, mm-hmm. the sons mm-hmm. of Judah, the sons of Simeon, the sons of Reuben. You know, and then it lists them: Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, Shobal. So you're just reading through all these names, and then all of a sudden you get down to chapter four, verse eight. And, or, or verse 9, and it says, um, and then you have Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And you go, wow, that's just kind of weird that that's in the middle of that. And then it says, Jabez called upon the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm so that it would not bring me pain. And then it just simply says, and God granted what he asked. And then it goes back into the mm-hmm. thing. So you would completely miss that if you just are rifling through that, not really reading it, you know, because God takes Jabez's story in the middle of it. I mean, Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book called right. The Prayer of Jabez. Right. Why did that touch so many people? It's because we live in a world full of pain. We live in a world where we want God to hear our prayer, and it, it says he did. Mm. And and that is so encouraging to hear in the middle of all these just names thrown in there. This guy says his life was filled with pain, and he cried out to God, God, enlarge my borders so that I won't be a pain bringer anymore. That was his name. Mm. Uh, and I, I just was so encouraged by that. So God's word is our authority, and Paul submitted to that. He, his job was to strengthen disciples with the authority. So when he reports back to the church at Jerusalem, he's saying, hey, we're making sure we get it right. We're making sure we do this. And I'm I'm telling you guys, which was an act of really humility to go back and do that. Mm, mm. Well, I liked what you said, too, about just reminding us that we can't be isolated. If, if, if we're isolated, you know. Well-known verse, right? Satan prowls around like a roaring lion. Well, what do lions in the wild look for? They look for the the loner. They look for isolated animals. They look for weak. And we're weak when we're isolated. So anyway, glad you were with us. The hour always flies by. Doug, great to be here. And I will be back later in the week. I know you'll have some other folks here in the next couple days. Um, But anyway, tune in and uh, continue here in Acts chapter 18 on SWAT Radio, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spirit.